0: Very familiar passage of scripture. I started to preach this a year ago almost, and I didn't get very far, so here I am picking it up again a year later, and we're going to endeavor to finish this today. Amen. Ephesians chapter number 6. Verses 10 through 18, the Bible tells us, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world Taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And verse 18 says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication in. For all saints, amen. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints, amen. Today, I'm going to endeavor to teach, teach or preach whatever this ends up coming out to be about above all, we must have faith. Above all, we must have faith. Amen. Let's talk to the Lord and ask him to speak to our hearts today. Can we do that right now? Lord, we love you. God, I thank you for your grace and your mercy this morning. God, I'm asking that you would move in this sanctuary today. Open our hearts and our minds today, I pray. Allow the Holy Ghost, God, to flow freely into the sanctuary. Lord, let your spirit have free course in this house today. Open our hearts to be receptive to your word this morning. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen, amen. Can we give Him a hand clap of praise this morning? Hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Amen. I'm going to turn this thing on mute because it's buzzing my watch every couple seconds for some reason. Amen. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Well, above all, we've got to have faith. We've got to have faith. In fact, the Bible teaches me that without faith, it is what? It is impossible, or can I say it this way, it is not possible to please God without faith. You must have faith. In fact, if you go into 1 first, uh, first Peter, amen, if you go into the book of Peter and, and you see there, he says we need to begin at faith. He said add to your faith patience. And he goes on and on, and I'm I'm probably bringing that, what's that, virtue, yeah, sorry, I did say the wrong word, amen, add to your faith virtue, and so on and so forth. I'm going to break that lesson out again this year. This is one of those things that, um, no, it's not an original lesson with me, but it's one of those lessons that it helps you understand. How many of you guys really want to have a grasp on whether you make it to heaven or not? You want to wake up in the morning and say, I'm, I'm going to heaven. You can do that. You don't have to wake up second guessing whether I'm saved or not, whether I'm going to make it through the pearly gates or not. As long as we're living by the principles laid out in the Scripture, hey, we, we got a promise. We're going to see our Savior face to face. I like that assurance. There is there is a thing called conditional, eternal security. Can I say that again? Conditional, eternal security. Not unconditional. We don't believe in that stuff. Unconditional, eternal security, just in case you don't know, is the teaching of, hey, you get saved. In fact, they actually teach you accept the Lord as your personal Savior. I submit to you that that is the first step that you've got to take. All right? That's the first step. That's faith, folks. But you've got to also have repentance, and you've also got to have baptism in Jesus' name, and then he will fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, if you don't know what the Holy Ghost is, man, I'm just kind of digging in here this morning. I'm burrowing in. All right? Just let me be me today, I guess, um, because I don't know who else to be. Amen. But the Holy Ghost is simply this. How many even know what a ghost is? You know what a ghost is? Yeah? What is a ghost? It's a spirit. It's simple. Very upfront and simple. We say, hey, this house has ghosts, or this house has spirits. We hear people talk about that, right? You know, I, I do believe that people people do welcome spirits into their homes. You can call it a ghost if you want to, but it's not like Casper the Friendly Ghost or his uncles. I can promise you that. These spirits Most of the time, folks will entertain spirits that are ungodly, that are not righteous, that, that torment, that cause problems. But you know what? I pray often in my home. Do you know why I like to pray in my house? Because I want to introduce those spirits into my home. And you know the best way to drive out the evil spirits out of your home? is to invite his spirit into your home. Because where he dwells, he's holy. And those things that are not holy, that are unrighteous, that are that are are filthy and disgusting, guess what? His pure Holy Spirit will drive them out. They will. I'm supposed to be talking about above all, we must have faith. We do. We have to have faith. Your faith is what's going to invite that spirit into your home. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. Can I use that term and not sound too charismatic or or whatever? You may label me, but it is the Holy Spirit. Did you know that we serve only how many gods? One God. And what is God? God is a, he's a spirit. Yeah, he's the Father, he's the Son, he's the Holy Spirit, all these things wrapped up into one. <clears throat> now you got to understand something. The Father Now let me ask you something. When when we say Father, I am Camden's father. I'm his dad. Wait a minute. Let me take a side note here. You just you just did this to me. All right. I want you to consider this How many of you have ever seen the word Abba in the Bible? Have you ever, how many of you know what that means? Does it though? It does mean Father. But in a more intimate sense than just, He is my Father. It's more like saying, It's that close relationship. When you see the word "Abba," Abba, they actually had a song that was out there that they used to play often on the radio. I don't know if they played anymore. I don't. I haven't heard it in a long time. Um, I can't remember who it was that sang it. it. Said Abba, Father, and then he would say Daddy in that song. I can't remember who it was. I'm going to have to look it up after church now, but. It was a beautiful song. In fact, it made it into my old prayer list, and I don't know where it went. It's not in my prayer list anymore. But anyway, all that being said, Abba, he is my father. But you understand something? When he is the father, he's the father of all. He's the father of creation. He's the father of you. He's the father of me. You with me today? Why is he the father? Because he fathered all of those things. He created all of those things. Therefore, he is the father of all. You with me today? That father who created all indwelt the man, Jesus Christ. Okay? So that that would make it. I did not come to teach this this morning. But I want you to understand. The man, Jesus Christ, was 100% man. How do we know that? He bled, okay. Any other ideas? He walked on the earth. He was born of a woman. You know what some other aspects that the scripture calls out that he did? How many of you know what those are? What happens when you when you were up till two o'clock in the morning and you get up at six in the morning? He was tired? How do we know that? Because he slept. He went on a forty day fast, and the Bible says, and he was and hungered. I've said this often that's the most that's the biggest understatement in the whole entire scripture if <laughs> he was starving that day. He was was hungry. He was a man. The shortest scripture in the whole Bible, who who knows that scripture? Jesus wept. He was emotional. You can't get any more human than those aspects that we just mentioned. But at the same time, in John chapter number 3, get it for me. John chapter number 3. we're going to go I'm 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 paving away. We're going to get back to above all. I think this is what happened the last time I tried to teach this lesson. <clears throat> there is a clock up there so I do know what time it is. I do. And it's even counting how much time it's recording me too. So John chapter 3. Uh, I think it's around verse 13. Yep, that's it. What did it say right there? Even the Son of Man. The Son of Man which is in Do you guys understand what I'm, did you hear what he said? Now think about this. Think about this. Right here, right now with me. Sister Winnie, Jesus is standing there talking to Nicodemus, just like you and I are talking right now. And Jesus looked at him and he said, look, nobody's ascended into heaven except for the Son of Man and what was the last few words he said he's looking at him and he used present tense and he said hey no man has descended up into heaven except for the son of man which is in heaven you understand what i'm saying right now jesus at the very moment he's standing flat-footed on the earth looking at Nicodemus eyeball to eyeball, and he said, Guess what? Nobody's been to heaven and nobody's come down from heaven except for the Son of Man, which is in heaven. Now how in the world could Jesus be on the earth and in heaven at the same exact time? Except for the fact that that omnipresent spirit, that everywhere spirit, was living on the inside of him, not only lived inside of him, but was on the outside, was all the way up in heaven, was sitting up on the throne. You with me this morning? God made a manifestation of himself through the man Jesus Christ, who was born of a woman. He had to take on nature, he had to go through the natural processes of life so that he can relate to you and to me. He had to do those things. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I've had many people say this, and this is a massive question that many people ask. That said, well, who was Jesus talking to back in, in, in Genesis chapter 1 when he said, let us make man in our image? You've ever heard that question? I want you to read. Do you mind reading? No? Okay. Who would who do, who who doesn't mind reading? Genesis chapter number 1. I already used brother Duffy, so I'm trying to trying to disperse this today. Genesis chapter 1. I'm doing it this way. I could go to my Bible and get it. But I want you to see it in your Bibles. Genesis chapter 1, I think it's verse 26. Okay, hold on right there. You're about to get to a place I don't want you to get to yet. He said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness, right? That's what he's saying. And let them be like, let them go on and read that next verse, verse 27. Uh Uh-huh. So God created man in whose image? His own image. So who was he talking to in verse 26? How could it be Jesus? He wasn't born until Matthew, until the Gospels. The Son wasn't existent. It could be the angels. That's a lot of the speculations. But have you guys ever heard of this term? Have you ever heard the Queen of England, which is not the Queen anymore, the King of England now? when he, got, he steps out and he says, we welcome you, or we thank the people, or they use this, this plurality from a majestic standpoint. You with me? They call that a Royal plurality, uh, something to that effect. But most of those in charge, you'll even hear Biden say stuff like that because he is a leader of the free world. Well, that's to be debated. (laughs) I got to be good today. I'm, I'm I'm feeling too relaxed, guys. But it's simple, right? Did you guys know? Have you guys ever heard of the phrase Elohim? Elohim is actually the Hebrew word for Jehovah. Okay? The prefix of that, L. El, Elohim, is a plural meaning the gods. In the original, the thing is, He is the God of all gods, so he can be attributed those types of titles. Does that make sense? He is all-powerful. He is omniscient, and he is omnipresent. Let me ask you something. If something is everywhere at the same time, is there any room for anybody else? There can only be one omnipresent God. Only one. And I've heard people use the oxygen and the air to correspond with God. But you realize in the earth, there are places in the earth that air cannot be. There are places that are full of carbon dioxide. And no air exists in there. No oxygen. Maybe I should put it that way. And so here we are. We have a God. Even where air can't get to, he's still there. And if he is able to fill all of that, there's no room for another. And when he said, let us make man in our image, he was using a royal plural. And he was speaking just out, hey, let us make man in our image. Let us us make him in our image and let, let us make him like us. And then verse 27 says, and he did what? Uh huh. That's a whole nother subject right there. Uh huh. Yeah. He said, "And God created them in His own image." He wasn't talking to the son. As the sun didn't exist yet. In fact, if you go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, I don't have time for, to dig into this. If you go to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter number 15, I want you to understand something. Do you know what it means to be eternal? Okay? But does forever have a beginning? It doesn't end either. But if I can if I can show you in the scripture where the sonship began and the sonship ended would you agree with me that the sonship was not in eternal position with God We have kids across the street now But I want you to understand, it may be a bird, I don't know. Yeah. Anyhow, got to (laughs) love. The Scripture tells us in Matthew and Luke and John, well, it even says it in Mark, but it doesn't go into detail, but that Jesus was born of a virgin And her name was Mary. At the moment that he was born is when the sonship began. Because he was the begotten son of God. And if you are going to be eternal, you cannot be begotten. You already exist. Does that make sense this morning? God is eternal. God is existed before time, God will exist after time. I hope I'm not trying to sell way over your heads today. If I am, raise your hand and I'll, I'll reel it back in and we'll try to explain it a little bit differently. But I want you to understand, God is eternal. He existed before time because he created time and he created the worlds. And after the worlds are gone, he will still be and hopefully you and I will be too with him and not in another place well glory but the son was born of a woman you say what about John chapter 1 well glad you asked the question i'm no, just kidding John chapter 1 in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god and later on we find out that that it was that Word that was made flesh and dwelt among us. Does that mean that the Son existed at the beginning of time? No, it doesn't. He came when He was born. The beginning, God had a, the Word there, the word, Word, was from the original Greek word logos or logos. And then that simple simple word, Logos, means a plan, a blueprint, an idea. What that tells me is that in the beginning, God had a plan. And that plan was with God because that plan was God. He knew, he didn't predestinate man to fail, but he knew that man was likely going to fail. And when man fell, they introduced sin into the world, which caused problems and caused us to fall away from God. In fact, so far away from God that God had to purge the earth and leave only righteous men, which tells me, Look at where we are today. Think about these things. If God purged the earth and only left righteous men on the earth, and we can still stray away from God even though that's all he left on the earth was righteous men. Consider that. At some point they went awry. In fact, almost immediately they went awry. that's another subject for another time but God in the beginning of time knew that God that man was going to need another plan another way of escape from the sinful lifestyle but yet he still wanted to include the fact that we could choose whether or not we were going to follow the plan or reject the plan the unfortunate part is so many hundreds of thousands of can I even say millions of people are rejecting the plan left and right? Still, I've got to be good, but I'm, I've got to say this. Doing so even though they may be calling themselves Christians, yet still rejecting the plan, Brother Tuffy. And it's unfortunate today. There's hundreds of thousands of people that profess Christ, but they haven't followed the plan. What is the plan? The gospel. The gospel of Christ is what? The death, the burial, and the resurrection. How do those apply to us? Does that mean we got to go hang on a cross? Does that mean we got to go into a grave and raise again on the third day? No. He did that for us, paying the full price and the full penalty for each and every one of our sins. And he told his disciples, he said this, he said, look, I have to go away from you so that I can not just be with you, but so that I can come back and be in you. It's more important that he was in us than with us. Can I get an amen there? It's important that he be inside of us. You say, well, what is that and how do we do that? Well, I'm glad you asked that too, all right? Um, But this thing that I'm talking about, Jesus coming back, he said, my Father will send the comforter in whose name? In Jesus' name. He said, the comforter that's coming to you, its name is Jesus. But he's not going to just be with me. He's not just sitting here beside me making sure I'm staying good. But no, he's coming on the inside. And he's knowing the hearts and the intent of my heart and the thoughts and the things that are going on in the inside. Hopefully he can stop them before they get on the outside. That's why we need the Holy Ghost, folks. That's why we need this comforter that he was talking about. He said, it's my peace that I'm going to leave with you. My peace I'm giving to you. Not like the world gives. It's a false hope. A hope that says, hey, I can be without turmoil in my life. Well, my friend, I'm sorry. Being a Christian, you're not going to be without turmoil. But you can be with peace. And you can be with contentment through the Holy Ghost. Amen. For the kingdom of heaven is this. Righteousness, it's not meat and drink. It's not peace as we think and we know without war, or without turmoil. The kingdom of heaven is this. It's not, it's not meat and drink. It's not having a peace of mind of, of saying, hey, everything's okay. But it is of righteousness, peace, and joy. Does anybody know the rest of the scripture? In the Holy Ghost. Righteousness. How do I get righteousness? In the Holy Ghost. How do I get Peace. In the Holy Ghost. How do I get joy? In the Holy Ghost. What's the Holy Ghost? Can I be as simple as possible? It's His Spirit that dwelt inside of the man Jesus Christ as He walked the earth. That same Spirit that raised Him out of the dead, out of the grave, and brought Him out and let Him walk among His disciples anew and afresh. Well over 500 people got to see him and witness that he was out of the grave and alive and well. They witnessed the holes in his hands still. They, they witnessed the gaping hole in his side. Amen. God raised up Jesus from the dead. And he said it's that same, Paul said it was that same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead that's going to abide inside of us. That is the Holy Ghost, my friend." That's the Holy Ghost. You need help? I got the answer. You need the Holy Ghost. You say, Pastor, well, I already got the Holy Ghost once. Well, let me ask you this. Are you struggling? Are you having problems? Maybe I ought to be good, but I'm going to say it anyway. Have you fallen back into some old habits? Guess what? You just need more of the Holy Ghost. Have you let a curse word slip a time or two? You know what? You got to let happen is let God take control of that tongue again. Go back and get the Holy Ghost. Well, well, can I get an amen this morning? Are you sleeping on me today? Thinking. All right. I'll go with that. Let me tell you, I had a whole other lesson prepared to just talk about all this stuff. I actually brought it to church the Sunday before our youth service. No, the Sunday after our youth service, I brought it here to preach it that day, and I ended up preaching something else. And here I am preaching that message, and I don't even have the notes on the wall or on on my notepad up there. But God knows what we need. You know what we need. We need more of him. We need the Holy Ghost. I need the Holy Ghost. I need his spirit, Camden. I need his spirit living on the inside of me. That makes me obey. That makes me love. What's that song? It makes me love everybody. Can't remember the rest of the lyrics. That's the only part that's going through my mind. It's the Holy Ghost. Amen. Another song going through my mind today is "Don't Be a Chicken." Bok 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 bok. Although being a chicken today would be actually very profitable right now. <laughs> yeah, as long as it's not a rooster. I did see the the other day. The other day, somebody was saying something about how that you know why we're having a shortage on eggs is because of all the, all the chickens decided they were going to identify as roosters. <laughs> it was you who told me that. Yes. <laughs> Look, I'm not ashamed of what I believe, folks. A man is a man, a woman is a woman, and I don't care how much you change. You cannot change what God created you as. And you know what He also created you for? He created a spot in your life that's gonna be void until the day you die, unless you let Him come on in and fill that void. You're gonna be searching. That's why people look to drugs, that's why people look to alcohol, that's why people look to illicit relationships. I tell, you I, tell you, you, I enjoyed my time away, but I can tell you this much. When you go out of the United States into these tourist areas, these places begin to draw to your sinful lifestyles. And say, hey, over here, you can have anything you want, and nobody's even going to know. And likely they won't. But God will know. God knows and God loves you and God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost. He wants to abide in you. That means He's going to change you and He's going to work on you and He's going to help you. And you're going to think of the way you're going to think of things in a different manner. Oh, Jesus help me. It's I've been in this thing for thirty minutes. I'm going to try to wind it down. How many of you need the Holy Ghost? I was hoping everybody would raise their hand. Woo, hallelujah. I've been doing my job. Amen. I need the Holy Ghost. I need it. Can I tell you something? I've said this before. I'm going to say it once again. You've got to be careful. If you become so comfortable in your relationship with God, I didn't intend to just teach this morning, but here we are. And that's okay because somebody needs to hear what I'm talking about this morning. There are things in life. And us as human beings, we just want to sit still. We want to enjoy things. We want to let things go on by us and not even think a thing about it. But can I warn you folks today, the kingdom of God doesn't work like that. The kingdom of God is constantly on the move and we as the people of god we have we must we absolutely need to i don't know how other ways i can how many other ways i can emphasize we've got to continue to grow in god if we don't grow in god and we stay stagnant god's not going to stop and wait for you honey You're going to have to play catch-up. You're going to have to get on your face and on your knees. You say, how many times? Oh, God help me. Think about this. How many times have you let up on the ropes? And how hard was it to get back in the glory and presence of God? Consider it with me. I've been there. I may never have left the church pew, but I can promise you I have been backslidden in my in my own life. And God shook me, and he woke me up. And you know what I had to do? I had to dig, and I had to dig, and I had to dig. And there was a time, uh, so many things come running in, but you, if you go back into uh, Genesis and you begin to read about Isaac, And he going back into the lands where Abraham had already been. And he had already dug up some wells that got filled back in. You know what you have to do sometimes? You have to go back to the places that you've already possessed. And you have to start digging out those wells that the enemy filled back in. Because he wanted to take that property from you. He wanted to take that land. He wanted to take those blessings from you. But sometimes you're going to have to go back and say, hey, This ain't yours, devil. This is mine, and I'm going to dig down deep until I get back to the water because I need the water, the the living water in my life all over anew and afresh. Amen. Sometimes we we stay too far away from the promised land. You hear me this morning. So many times we stay too far away from the places God's already blessed us with. Amen. That When we have to turn around and we go back, we've just been living life. We've been doing this. We've been doing that. Amen. Know what I'm talking about today, Amen. I've been there, I've done that. Uh, amen, but I had to go back uh, and I had to start digging. Hey, I need to I need to find that water anew and a fresh. Uh, amen. I need to get back down to the source uh, so that we can have life uh, in this part of my life again. Hallelujah. God is good to us, and God blesses us. God uses blessings. To draw us nigh to him. It's Bible, all right? I, I don't have time. It's, it's been 40 minutes, and I'm standing between you lunchtime, all right? But I want you to understand, God, God has made promises not only to this church. Uh, before I say that, if you don't have a promise from God personally, I'm challenging you. Go, go get one from God. Because if you don't have a promise from God, got to be nice, but I'm going to say this. You've got to understand. If you don't have any promises from God that are alive and well, that tells me one thing. You're not seeking after him. Does anybody else believe that besides Brother Jason and Brother Tuffy? couple others. I'm telling you, God gives promises to those who seek after him. He does. If you don't believe me, go read through Numbers, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy. You say, well, that's boring. You need to pay attention to what he's saying in those, in those books because he's telling them, he said, look, I know I've told you a lot of stuff to do. But these things are just things showing that you're seeking after my face and that you want to be in my presence and that you want to spend time with me. And he said, if you do these things out of a heart filled with love, if you do it with a heart filled with love, then guess what? He said, I'm going to do all these other things to you. I'm going to give this to you, and I'm going to help you. And, in fact, one of the things that comes to mind, those, those of us that are, that, that, uh, I'm still a child, okay, I have parents, all right? And so if, I, if I'm obedient to my parents and if I reverence my parents, guess what happens? You know what the Bible tells me? I have a long life. Those people that have lived long, I bet if you look back, if they didn't have their own parents, they treated those in their life that were elders, that nurtured them, and loved them. God blessed them with long life because of those things. Because when God says it one time, that's it. I've heard so many people say, well, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. No, honey, you got it all wrong. God said it, that settles it. Now, if he put some conditions around that, your faith is what's going to determine whether or not you act on those conditions that God put in your life. You with me today? You've got to understand these things. But we also got to understand God is faithful. And he will always be there. I'm going to stress that word, always be there. He said in in, in the last verse of Matthew, he said, And lo, I will be with you sometimes. (laughs) No, he said always. Always. Even to the ends of the earth, another translation said, even to the ends of the world, doesn't matter what's going on in life. He said, I'm going to be with you. That's one thing Job understood. He said, look, I know I may be going through hell on earth right now. He said, but I know one thing. He knows the way that I take, and He knows exactly where I am, even though I may not feel Him right here and right now. I may be going through a dry patch in my life, but He said, I know this one thing He's not going to let me fall on my face, He's not going to let me fail because He is faithful. I know my Redeemer lives. He said, We got to tie this back in somehow. And above all, we just got to have faith. Have you ever considered today? Have you ever considered? Reagan, I don't know if you've got any songs you might help me with, but I've got my iPad here if you need it. The scripture tells us in Ephesians chapter 6, as I wrap this up, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual weakness in high places. And then you get down to verse 16, and he says, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all, everybody say all, everybody say all, all, all the fiery darts of the wicked, all of them. Sister Rini, not just a few of them, but you got to have faith. If you want to be protected from the attacks of hell, you need one simple thing, and that is the shield of faith. Above everything else, does that mean it's more important than any of these other aspects that he talked about? Or part of the, the, No, absolutely not. But let me tell you this much, you can't get the rest of that stuff without the shield of faith. You can't can't get the helmet of salvation without first having faith. How do I know that? Because it it is impossible to please God without faith. He that comes to God must believe that he is. First off, you've got to believe he's a God. And he is the only God. And number two, this is the hard part. You've got to believe that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek after him. You want the Holy Ghost? What's the Holy Ghost? It's Him living on the inside. It's, it's more than just saying I accept the Lord as my personal Savior. In fact, yesterday we were sitting on the beach. We had a few few hours before we had to get to the airport. So we rented a car and we're driving along on the beach. We've got some pretty cool videos. Like literally right outside the window, the, the ocean is coming right up to our tires. It was pretty cool. I've never done that before. So if you have... That was, that was awesome. <clears throat> For me, no, I'm not going to get into that. I'll tell you that after church, all right? But one of the things that astonished me was how vast this massive Atlantic Ocean beating against this shore and how minuscule I am in comparison to these things. Yet God cares about every single detail that's out there and he loved me enough to come on the inside with his spirit but as I was sitting there letting the family go do what they want to they they like to get their feet in the sand I do not like to get my feet in the sand If I've had a beach where there was a bunch of rocks and stuff I'll go in there. I'm not excited about the sand, okay? Anyway, I'm standing there. I'm, I'm reading. Um, I was reading. I was listening to a book, and then I, I was just watching the ocean while it was going. And as I began, as I was sitting there listening to the book, the book of David by Brother Larry Booker, I was thinking about the goodness of God. wife threw it away yesterday, but I'm sitting there contemplating. This guy walks up and hands me this piece of paper. She goes, what is this doing in our car? And it said, if you'll just pray this little prayer with me, you'll be saved. I don't know if I've ever dealt with this at this level here, but folks, repeating somebody else's prayer is not going to save your soul. Can't because you're repeating somebody else's heartfelt prayer. Something has to be birthed in you, my friend. Something has to come from you. I was listening to, even while I was praying this morning, I I listened to, I've been stuck on this one album by CC Wine, and she has has a live album. Great album. Wonderful songs on there. But at the end of one of the songs, while I'm praying, All of a sudden, she said, I want you to pray this prayer with me. And before I could get my phone and switch the song, because I don't like to hear that nonsense. It's, sorry. Drives me nuts. Before I could shut it off, Brother Tuffy, there's no telling how many people were there that day. And after she finished praying, she made this statement. If you repeated that prayer after me, Welcome to the family of God. God is standing here welcoming you. And I said, God, I don't know how many hundreds of people she just led astray by a false truth. This is what I'm talking about earlier. There are so many Christians out there. The plan is 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 absolutely clear. All you've got to do is read the scripture. In fact, how many of you guys have ever heard of the the revival that began from Topeka and then spread out to Azusa? Do you know what that was all about, folks? There wasn't a red-faced screaming preacher in Topeka. No. the Tuffy? There was some college students that said there's got to be more to life than what we're experiencing right now. And so they began to dig into the Word of God. And you know what? They began to study the book of Acts. And they got the revelation that they needed to get the Holy Ghost and that they needed to speak in tongues and that they needed to get baptized. In Jesus' name. It was, I think in 1901, it started December 31st, way into the night of 1900. When it struck 1901, there was a library room full of people, just young, young men that God reached down and filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. You know why? Because they were hungry for truth. And they said, we're going to dig until we find it. You can't convince this preacher that people aren't going to find what we preach around here in the Scripture. If they're hungry enough to accept what the Word of God absolutely has to say without twisting a word here or without adding something to it over here, look, they're gonna accept what the truth says. And can I can I be as bold as this as to say only those who have grabbed a hold of truth will stand on the day of judgment. Those that have that have obeyed, or or there's gonna be, oh my goodness, you've got to be you got to understand, Jesus said there's going to be droves of people that come to him and say, Lord, Lord, we cast out devils in your name. We saw healings in your name. And Jesus said, I know who you are, but I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. You came up with your own doctrine. It's important that we get a hold of the truth of of the Bible. You need to know it. I can't teach it enough to you. You're going to have to get it down for yourself. And you're going to have to study the pages of that Word of God. Look, I'm here to answer questions if you need questions answered. But let me tell you something. The best way for you to get the revelation of God and the things that God needs in your life is for you to pull this old book down and for you to begin to pray. this book and if you ever hear when I'm praying in the church you'll see me walking around hugging this book God don't ever let me fall out of love with this book God help the words in the pages of this book to change my life help me to fall in love with it more than I ever have before If you don't pray, now you can find weird things in the Scripture if you're not asking God to give you the revelation. Because some things only come by revelation from above. But you've got to ask Him. You've got to ask Him. And He'll give it to you, won't He, Brother Tuffy? Brother Jason, He does it. You know why He does it? Because He loves us, Sister Jasmine, the Holy Ghost is real. The Holy Ghost is real. He's here right now. I didn't get hot and red faced today, but I can tell you this much: I feel and I feel the glory of God in this room right now. I want us to stand to our feet. I want us to lift our hands to heaven. And If you want to come around the front, these, these altars are open. But I want you to understand this today. God, I want more of you. More of you is what I need today.